Welcome to the Colin Cernelia Podcast, part of the Talent 409 Network. That's right, people, we are on the airwaves. Uh, one of the, the new projects that I wanted to get out uh, was this podcast. A lot of cool, interesting things coming through the Talent 409 Network uh, on top of what we've been doing on social media, uh, the blog articles, and, and things like that. Uh, so keep an eye out uh, for those type of things, and uh, you know, we'll talk about them more as they roll out. But uh, today I want to get uh, right into it. Uh, my first guest is is actually my wife, Christine. Uh, she was an easy guest to, to bring on because she's uh, right here in our apartment where we now live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we're actually coming to you live from Charlotte today. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting for me to be here because obviously as Colin's wife, I get to watch everything that he's doing and hear about his passions. And I know that Talent 409 has a lot of exciting things coming down the pipeline and I am just really happy to be part of it. Yeah. And thanks for being on and uh, testing this all out. Uh, we've had to go through a couple different things to, to get it right, but uh, this will be helpful in the future when we have other guests on, and uh, I'm sure you'll be a reoccurring guest where things will be easier transitioning forward. But uh, so today, I just want to uh, cover a, a few different things. But I figure we'll start uh, just kind of walk us through uh, your athletic career. I know you played uh, sports, obviously, growing up. Uh, so just kind of walk us through what that was like uh, as far as your successes, the sports you played, different things like that. Yeah. So when I was little, my parents wanted me to try everything before I got to decide what I liked and didn't like. So I tried everything from cheerleading to soccer to lacrosse to basketball. And from there, really discovered my love for a few particular sports, um, one of them being running, the other being basketball and lacrosse. So um, by the time middle school came around and you could be entered into playing modified sports, I was on the cross country team, I was on the basketball team and the lacrosse team. Um, so I continued on with those sports until I was a junior in college, which was when I no longer played basketball, but joined the indoor track team. And that kind of came from the fact that I discovered I was not the most coordinated athlete um, on the field or on the court. And my basketball skills were a little limited, but my running and, and overall fitness skills were pretty good. So I took my skills to the indoor track team, started sprinting, um, realized that I loved both distance and fast running. So that was a fun change for me. Um, and then continued on with cross country and lacrosse. And then by the time college came around, I chose to attend Syracuse university, which has really, really good sports teams. Um, and I was kind of at the point in my life where I was picking schools based off of academics and my academics were really good and I stopped playing sports, but never stopped, um, keeping up with my fitness, 
while I was at Syracuse University. So I continued on with the running, um, went to the gym and things like that. But people really knew me as a runner. People would stop me at the bar and say, hey, aren't you that girl that runs by all the time? So it was something I've always been kind of noted for. Um, And then after college, I started dabbling into group fitness a little bit. Actually, during college, I started dabbling into group exercise through spin class and a Tabata class. And then I, um, after college, started doing pure bar and then ended up in CrossFit, which is where I am now four years later. Um, Really just kind of fell in love with the fitness side of sports. And then now I've actually continued on to get certified um, as a certified personal trainer. So I work with people one-on-one. I've taught HIIT classes where I teach group fitness and I'm pursuing my CrossFit level one certification so that I can take my love of fitness and share it with others. So I think one of the things that's really interesting about athletes in particular is we all kind of go through a very similar trajectory in life where uh, when we're younger, you know, we think the sky's the limit, especially if we're really into sports. We all want to be professionals. Uh, we all play multiple sports for the most part. Then as you get a little bit older due to a number of different reasons, whether it's uh, you know skill, whether it is you just don't love the sport anymore, or whether it is uh, you have a love for something outside of sports that takes up more of your time. I think we all get to a point where we start to specialize a little bit and we cut down the amount that we play. And, and then we all get to a point eventually, uh, like you did when, when you got to college, where we you know, say, hey, it's time to, to hang it up um, before you know moving on to, to further ventures. So I'm just wondering if, uh, you, if there was anything specific about those moments, you know, that, that moment when you realized or that you determined that, you know, basketball wasn't your future. And and even if you weren't the most coordinated person in the world, you saw running and you saw that as a future. And then, you know, what was the, what was the key moment when you decided to, to hang it up, so to speak? So it was just really the realization that my strengths on the field were my speed. Well, not on the field, on the court, I guess. But when I was playing basketball, my defense was always good because I was always faster than the girls I was covering. Um, And I really enjoyed that side of things, but I really didn't like playing offense. And it's kind of hard to play high school basketball at a small school if you're not going to be an all-around great player. So I saw that I was fast and figured – might as well give indoor track a shot because if I could take this speed and put it to a sport where my speed is the thing I'm being measured on, um, that seems like it would be a pretty logical move. So I went over to track and really kind of never looked back. I would say I it didn't miss basketball too much once I was doing something that actually played to my strengths a bit more. So yeah. So you get to to college, uh, you still love to to run, uh, and then you get you know, through college, start you know career and everything, and now you're to the point where you know fitness and, and um, CrossFit and, and even running still, you're doing some you know half marathons and things like that are a really important aspect uh, of your life. But what's the what's the impact of uh, keeping you know sports and keeping athletics? 
a part of your life, even if it's not the primary you know, source of, of income or the primary thing that you even do on a day-to-day basis? So there's a few things. Um, fitness, I have found, makes me feel my best. I feel my best when I am working out and feeling fit in general. It's one aspect of being my best self and living my best life. And that's something that I want to be able to give to other people um, and see them have other people see exercise as a way of improving their lives instead of a punishment or something that's boring or something that they have to do. Um, So that's something I'm really passionate about as far as making it a career thing. Um, And I also really like that having a routine as far as fitness goes really transfers um, into the rest of your life. So I find that I'm really productive at work after having my morning workout. And it just keeps me on a better schedule as far as performance goes in all of my life. So I like that, you know, transferring the the work that you do in a fitness setting into what you do uh, in, in your general life. Uh, similar to that, you know, were there things that you learned throughout the years, whether it was, you know, when you were in high school or even before that, or even more recently that um, have really been incorporated into to values? Are there like two or three things that you can you know, speak to um, that you use in your everyday life that, that make you successful? Yeah. So one of them is just being a competitor and competing every day. Um I really like that fitness is something that I'm always trying to improve and get better at. And specifically in my CrossFit journey that I'm in now, there are so many different aspects to CrossFit, whether you're lifting or gymnastics or endurance or quick sprints and flexibility, mobility, all those things. It's so hard to be good at all of them that you're always needing to improve on something and you're constantly competing with yourself and competing with the other athletes in the room. Um, and that is an attitude that I've taken into the other areas of my life. I would also say, um, confidence has been a huge thing. So that came really from CrossFit as well for me because of the fact that I had to continue to try and do things that I wasn't good at and, um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and that has built a level of confidence in me that there's nothing I can't try. Um, and I feel like that has helped my life in so many ways, countless ways, really. When did you get to the point where you were able to identify that the the confidence could boost you towards, things that you didn't think that you were capable of doing beforehand? Um, I think it really was just within my CrossFit journey and going every day and just seeing how humbling of a sport CrossFit is for everyone in the room. Because usually they're, like I had mentioned before, it's really hard to be good at everything. If you're a really great heavy lifter, you're probably not that great at gymnastics because usually the heavier people are great at lifting and being heavier makes gymnastics harder. So watching other people have to continue to do things that they weren't good at brought me to a place like, okay, I see everyone around me doing this. I should be able to do that too. And then once I really put myself in that position, 
it just worked wonders for me. Um, it wasn't something that I can say I necessarily noticed in the moment, but looking back uh, on the athlete I was when I started versus that kind of athlete that I am now, I'm a completely different person. Like I was scared to try pull-ups because I didn't think I was going to be able to do them. And it took me months to try moves like that. And now there's not a move that I see in a workout and I think, oh, I can't do that. I will always try it. And there's very little you could knock me out of a workout with now versus before I would knock myself out just based on what was written on the board. So so we talk about leadership quite a bit uh, with Talent 409, and I'm just curious as to what your experience has been with leadership starting from you know the first days that you played sports throughout school, uh, and then even now um, into your current career and, and the things that you do on an everyday basis. Leadership as far as I see it in other people or leadership as far as I go? Leadership in terms of what you've experienced and how it's it's shaped you and and the things that you've learned that I guess make you um, uh, a leader in in your own sense in today? Well, I know I've been talking a lot about the whole confidence piece, but I do think that is a huge piece of leadership is having the confidence in doing what's right, um, even when it's not the easy thing, having the confidence in the fact that you're making the right decision and then instilling that confidence in the other people around you, um, motivating them to always do what is right as well. Um, I've experienced some great leaders and some not so great leaders, um, people who lead by example and then people who lead by fear. And I know that personally, I always respond better to someone who is leading by example and leading with love and caring rather than leading by scaring everyone into doing what they want. So personally, that's something that I find. Can you give us an example of the the leading by fear? (laughs) So back in my lacrosse days, the team captains were a few girls that I would say weren't the nicest to me. Um, And... I was always afraid that if I took risks on the field, they were going to just use their rage on me um, and be frustrated at my lack of performance. So I was so scared of them that I would just do nothing instead. Like if I had the opportunity to score a goal, I would always defer to passing to someone on the team who I thought of as better a better player than me so that I wouldn't have to risk taking a shot and potentially missing and then making the team captains mad at me. Um, and it was really hard to work, not necessarily under, but with people who were like that, you know, like that weren't very encouraging and instilled that fear of performing in me. So when I, worked with people like on the track team who were just actually encouraging and wanted what was best for me and what was best for the team at all times, I was able to perform so much better in an environment like that. So it seems like at least on the side of the fear-based leadership, there were really two things working against you. The first was your confidence took a major hit in your 
you know, your own personal development and the things that you thought you could do on the field, on the court, wherever it was. Uh, but then also there was this, you know, the, the fear part of it, I guess, uh, for lack of a, a better word, where uh, you maybe didn't want to make people upset or make people mad at you. And, and that's not really obviously a way to, to go about your business or even go about um, life in, in general. Um, so did even though that was obviously a, a really bad experience, and I'm sure any subsequent experiences like that have been similar, but have you learned how to work with people? Because let's face it, like, you know, in, in an ideal situation, you would want your leaders, whether it's, you know, at your, your current job or when you're you know, working out, you would love for them to be engaging and to be responsive of your needs and, and to, to understand you, but that's just not how life works. So have you been able to, to kind of fight through that adversity and find new ways to, to connect with people? Or would you say it's still such a detriment that it really um, affects your your work in such a negative matter that uh, you just won't even go near it? Well, I would say it was something I didn't notice how much it affected me until I reflected on it later in life. So now I can look back and see how much I held back because I was scared of the bullies. Um, and then I have had similar experiences since then in the workplace and I didn't notice that I was just deferring in the same old way and letting myself be the victim of people who can only keep their head above water if they're drowning everyone else around them. Um, And that was another instance where my boss actually came to me and said, you are a great leader in a room full of people that you're supposed to be leading. Like when you're the boss in the room, you're a great leader. But when you're in a room of other leaders, I need you to be a leader there too. And I realized that my mentality was very much that, okay, someone in the room probably knows more than me or can do this better than me. So I'm just going to kind of sit back and not put myself out there until my boss said that to me and I had to really think on that. And now it's something that I am very conscious of. And I've had to really shift my mindset away from that so that I'm not so scared and that my ideas are actually heard. Now I know that I do have the value and the skills and should be bringing them forward instead of holding them back out of fear. Yeah. So basically you're going into these situations now, not assuming that you're the smartest person in the room, but maybe fairly assuming that you do bring quite a bit of value in that you're more confident in just speaking up and, and adding to the, to a conversation or to a project or an event or whatever it is versus just like you said before sitting back and, and letting things pass by, uh, even though you might have a, a very strong opinion or have firsthand knowledge and things like that. Yes, exactly. Would you say in high school you were a leader? I would say um, not in the sense that most people would think of a leader um, because I was acting much in the way that I just described where I would take the back seat to someone else um, out of fear. 
But I think that in my own way, I was still a leader because I was always pursuing bettering myself. Even in those days, I always wanted to be better academically and better athletically. So I was one of those people that would put in work off the field, um, which wasn't very common for high school athletes, I would say. Um, And same within the classroom, I was always putting in additional work outside of just being in class and and not paying attention like a lot of high schoolers do. Um, And I think that, as I mentioned, I had gone through some bullying and I didn't really retaliate hardly ever, if at all. Um, And I think that that is something that was me being a leader in my own way, instead of continuing to feed back into that negativity by trying to ruin the lives of people who were trying to ruin my life by egging my car and things of that nature. I didn't do anything like that. And I tried just my best to not let it show how much it was affecting me. And I think that that is in its own way, some sort of leader, but it wasn't what most people would point me out and peg me as um, being a leader. Do you think personal development and a quest for knowledge are uh, traits that all leaders should have? I do think that. I think a leader should always be pursuing um, being better because complacency and leadership don't go hand in hand. If If you are complacent, there's someone else around you that's putting in the work. So you're just, while you're standing still and everyone else is moving forward, that's essentially moving backward for you. So I think that that is really important. And what was the other trait? Just quest for knowledge. Quest for knowledge. Yeah. They go hand in hand to me. I think, I think leaders should have both. How about in college? Do you think you were a leader then more of a leader than you were in high school? Hmm. I think I did uh, start to come into my own a little bit more um, by that point in time just kind of getting out of my old environment and putting myself out there a little bit more helped me to grow into a little bit more of a leader. And I know that by the time my senior year came around and we had a huge project at the end of the year um, for an entrepreneurship class where we had to develop a business plan from start to finish and everyone on the team played a, a specific role, whether you were the finance person or the marketing person or the accountant there was a CEO on the team and I applied to be the CEO of my team and um, was chosen by my professor to be so to, to be the CEO. So I know that by that point in time, I had recognized that I had the capabilities to lead a team and took on more of those leadership responsibilities. What type of leader do you consider yourself now? Putting words to it. Um, I would say I'm the type of leader that likes to just bring people up and bring up everyone around me. Um, I want everyone to feel motivated to be their best self, live their best life, contribute in the way that they do best. Um, So that's the way that I try to lead in everything that I do. I want people to enjoy everything and put their best foot forward in everything that they do. And I want people to know that they can do that. So 
let's see if you can jumpstart somebody's path to success. Uh, give me one piece of advice that you would give an athlete who is transitioning, whether they're at the high school or collegiate level, uh, from sports to the workforce. So I think there's a lot of things that translate from um, sports to the workforce. Like I had mentioned earlier, just competing um, and always wanting to be better and then being regimented in your practice of getting better. But I also think that um, the teamwork aspect is really important and can translate really well into your next phase of life. So obviously team dynamics, you have to get to know um, your other teammates on and off the field um, and develop a bond with them that works. And I think that being able to take that kind of trait and apply it in the workforce is going to be important because it's very rare to find a job where you're not working with people or on some sort of team. So you need those skills um, and just apply a lot of the same things that helped you be successful in sports to the workplace. And it'll make that transition a little bit easier for you. Yeah, I tend to agree that service jobs in particular, when I say that, I mean jobs where, you know, you're working in groups and you're working in teams are becoming more and more popular because we're, at least in America, we're getting away from, you know, the old assembly line factory type jobs where it was more of just an individual, you do this, this person does that, you didn't really have to collaborate as much. So I do think that the things you can learn on teams, uh, playing sports growing up can really translate um, really well, actually, to to the workforce, um, you know, in whatever it is that you do, it doesn't even have to be traditional college and into the corporate world. It can be, you know, a trade job and, and things like that. I mean, there's great unions out there and uh, things that exist on on that end and, and everything. And I think the, the teamwork is still really important there. So I think that's a really good point. So at Talent 409, uh, dynamic leaders are really at the the core, the foundation of, of everything that we talk about. And when when I talk about it or anyone else associated with Talent 409 talks about dynamic leaders, we're talking about athletes uh, that create opportunities for success on and off the court. Because as we've talked about throughout the podcast today, uh, eventually for everyone involved, there comes a time where you have to hang it up and sports is no longer the primary source of your time, your energy, your money, whatever it is. Uh, so what, what are your thoughts on what a dynamic leader is? So I really like Talent 409's description of a leader, but I also think that to me, a dynamic leader is someone who is always doing the right thing, even when it's not necessarily the easy thing, someone who's motivating those around them to also be on that path and someone who's not afraid of a little bit of adversity um, and is able to make changes on the fly or understand that they aren't always going to be right or perfect in everything that they think initially and be willing to adapt um, to, to do what's best. So what are you working on now? Um, so right now I am working on a hit at home program where I used my 
knowledge from coaching HIT classes and being an NASM certified personal trainer um, and just combining all that knowledge with my own years of physical fitness experience to create a online fitness program that you can download and do at home. Um, It's through my brand, Sweat With Stods. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at that name. Um, And my website is sweatwithstods.com. And that's where this program will live. It is five workouts a week, three high-intensity interval training workouts, two low-intensity steady-state workouts, and two rest days. Um, I include lots of different fit tips within it. Um, It's a fun program. No equipment is required. And all of the workouts are only about 30 minutes each. So it should be very doable for anyone who travels a lot or doesn't have access to going to a gym, doesn't have time to make it to a gym, um, just isn't comfortable in a gym and wants to work out at home. Um, It has a lot of different applications and I think a lot of people could benefit from it. So yeah, sweat with stads. That's where you can check it out. It'll be launching in um, late August, early September. So very cool. And uh, we'll, we'll put the, the, the notes and that information uh, into the show notes for this show for uh, anybody that's interested. So uh, feel free. You can reach out uh, to uh, Christine or you can reach out to me uh, for more information on that. But uh, that's pretty much it for uh, episode number one. Uh, thanks for coming on board today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, this is the CC podcast, part of the Talent 409 Network. Uh, a lot of really cool things, as I mentioned earlier, lined up uh, here in the future, including some uh, special guests uh, lined up that uh, you know should be really great conversations. And hopefully you'll continue to, to listen, subscribe, and Uh, Share your thoughts and and ideas uh, for future episodes. Uh, But that's it for now. We'll talk to everyone soon. Take it easy.